Modern Western culture is buzzing right now with ideas about living a happy and fulfilled life. I mean, I can't even walk down the street without seeing a hashtag live your dream or hashtag find your purpose or something. There seems to be hundreds of books and podcasts and courses and shows and Instagram accounts about it. But with all the gurus and research courses and books out there, is there really a framework that can actually help us? I mean, we should know by now if there is some, like, cure-all for this problem of feeling unfulfilled, right? And of course, the answer is no. We don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is some framework that will get everybody through from unfulfillment to fulfillment. That easy button just doesn't exist as we know it yet. But... As your own experience probably tells you, there absolutely are things that we can do and experience and think and feel that get us heading in the direction of more happiness and fulfillment in our lives instead of just being more overwhelmed, distraught, and depressed. So that's what we talk about on this episode, the ideas and practices that have meant the most to us three, the three of us, working, experienced, and successful-ish entrepreneurs, you know, after the past about decade or so of full-time professional creative work. What have we learned about rich inner fulfillment? Enjoy. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. Welcome to The Fizzle Show, where every Friday we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself, supporting yourself, doing something that you care about, something that you care about, right? Like, how do we actually earn? How do we not burn out? How can we create something that lasts the long haul, right? We do that kind of work in this podcast every single Friday, as well as on our blog every Tuesday. Uh, but the main event, of course, for us is our community and the courses at fizzle.co. We have a membership area where there are a bunch of fizzlers, right? This is our community of entrepreneurs who are actually putting their butt on the line to build something that they care about. People who think they can do it. They're like, screw it. Let's give, let's give it a try. Screw it. Let's do it. And they're putting their butts on the line and they're vulnerable and they're honest and they're beautiful. I love these people, right? That's our community. Then there's the courses. We have this community around a series of courses that we've created to help with the biggest issues of creating a business, of getting a, a something off the ground. And when I say business, I mean anything from, you know, a blog to a podcast to, uh, you know, making some artisanal jams or some, you know, dog toys or I don't know, headphones, electronic. What do you do? What are you into? What are you about? Are you speaker? Are you teacher? I don't know. We, But that's what we're about. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we help you with. So, you know, as a listener of this show, if you don't know this, you get five weeks for free to try out Fizzle. We love people who listen to this podcast because you're right. If you can stomach us here, if you're into these ideas, then you're probably going to love Fizzle. So when you go to fizzle.co slash try five, that is how you can get five weeks for free. Fizzle.co slash try five. If you sound interested in that, give it a shot and say hi to me in the forums once you get in there. All right, follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 185. I will be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. I love it when it's so cold in the house that you have to put on a sweater, though. Yeah. Love that. But I hate it when it's that cold and you forget to put the sweater on, and then a couple hours later, you're like, you're just like, teeth are chattering. Yeah, and you, and it, you have to take a bath to warm up. Yeah. You have to literally. Or a hot tub. 
Or a hot tub. <laughs> wow. Speaking of which, I'm talking to Corbett Barr over here. He's got things taken care of. That's right. He has got things taken care of with the hot tub on the balcony of his master bedroom. He knows who he is and what he's here for. And that's a little bit what we're going to get into today on the show. Who are you? Before we do, <laughs> before we just cut to the chase, I almost fell for it the other day, you guys. What? What? I was driving by a place that we love that makes smoothies and milkshakes yep. yeah and their sign said pumpkin spice is here See? <laughs> i'm telling you and there was like and like for two seconds i was like oh i gotta get that and then i remembered that, that you I'd, don't like it no that I'd, i had i fell for that same exact one last year i got that pumpkin spice smoothie and was disappointed <laughs> no really so, the, so no listen. i'm serious it was horrible steph i think i think we're both hearing the same thing over here corbett has actually had some wounds around the pump he's been let yes, down i've been let down he's been I let down known. yeah we should have known. known that it went deep that's right that's right yeah with corbett everything runs deep i think i think it's like yeah that that makes sense so yeah i don't just say things i had an experience with yeah it. you had an experience yeah. so you guys i had to on the on the flip side i had to like tap the brakes on the pumpkin in my house this weekend. Like it always reaches a point where it's like borderline. Oh, wait, wait, and wait. This weekend- who, who's, who says it? Who's, is it like Rudy? Rudy goes, no, no, we don't want any more pumpkin stuff. Like, is he starting going like nuts? Eva- I like evaluate myself and I'm like, this is not, I have Got pumpkin it. muffins. I made pump- pumpkin pancakes and pumpkin oatmeal. Like it's too much. Yeah, I have to stop. That is, <laughs> that is. That's intense. When you start mixing anything with oatmeal. like Somebody was and- clearly drinking too much pumpkin beer. Yeah, to the point where you call it pumpkin oatmeal you're kind of like you know what maybe i need a break yeah i like that tapping the brakes i was tap i just yeah. need to tap the brakes a little bit look yourself in the eye <laughs> yeah pace, spoken pace like, myself on the pumpkin spoken like a true seven steph uh i've know, gotten right? i've gotten steph and and Cor- even corbett a little bit into the enneagram one of my favorite uh favorite personality type things um but anyways speaking of which i mean enneagram one of the tools i'll probably talk about it a little bit today in my answer to the question today yeah Tell us, bring us in, Corbett. Tell us where we're going today. Tell us, set us up. So people who have listened to this show for quite a while probably know that we occasionally like to geek out on the life stuff, the personal development stuff, the Mm -hmm. striving to live a better life, to be happier, to be more fulfilled, all that kind of stuff. We've done several episodes before about it. And uh, I had the opportunity a little while back to talk to somebody who spends a lot of time thinking about this stuff. And that is Jonathan Fields, who founded something called the Good Life Project. And Jonathan has a uh, really awesome YouTube channel where uh, he interviews people who are just from different walks of life. It's not just an entrepreneur's show. He talks to people from all different walks of life. He talks to designers and uh, makers and uh, psychologists and all kinds of interesting people just trying to get at the question of, you know, what makes a truly good life? And how does one try to live a better life? And uh, whatever that might mean yeah. for you. So he's got this great YouTube channel. He also has a really uh, popular podcast called The Good Life Project. And Jonathan and I sat down for an interview, a long interview, for something we call a founder story inside of Fizzle. And a founder story, if you guys aren't familiar, if you're in Fizzle, you've probably seen these. If not, a founder story is um, a, a long-form, super pull back the curtains kind of conversation that we have. Would you say with, open the kimono a little bit? No. The, the kimono stays shut? Yeah. Yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, I'm but, not going to say that. But we're in robes. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's all filmed. Beautifully well, you shot. See, yeah, you can only see above, you know, certain. <laughs> you can only see our necks <laughs> and above. Uh, so you never know what we're wearing. But uh, the point is, these are, you know, we often complain when we listen to podcasts that the entrepreneurial kind of podcast interview, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's just so short and formulaic that you don't really get to know what's the truth behind this person's story. Somebody just comes to like pitch you something on these interviews or give you the little sound bite. But yeah. what we want to know is when did they go through the when yeah. when did they struggle and when were they uncertain about what to do next and when did they feel what I'm feeling right now as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and so that's what we try to give the space within the founder stories to yeah. achieve, I'd say. I always think about it as like there's, a, it's like the connective tissue. Mm-hmm. There's nothing sexy about the connective tissue except for the fact that's where you live most of your life. Yeah. You know, as an, as a, as an entrepreneur, like most of the time, like Corbett, you said it recently on a show that like, like whenever you do something, you're like never like a hundred percent certain it's the right thing to do, but you have to pick something. Yeah. So you make the best guess and, and go forward. And to hear someone's, like path to success, like someone who's really successful and to realize that they felt the same way and that they took it this way and it was a mistake, but then they, they found out it was a mistake and they righted the course and then then this happened and then this, it's like the opposite of like the 30 minute version of that. You know, it's like, it needs, it needs an hour to two hours to, to kind of like just flesh that out. Yeah. And I find that when you show, when, when you watch, I I think I'm going to make a new rule for Fizzlers, like it, to like watch 10 founder stories, whichever 10 look most interesting to you, right? But if you, you have to watch 10 founder stories or do 10 other similarly long form interviews with yeah. people to to hear like, because when you see 10 of these things laid out and you're like, wow, yeah, it did not go the way that they planned. That makes you look at your own plans differently. That makes you understand the nature of success a little bit more. And that, it brings a little wisdom to it. And it kind of helps me, for me, I think a lot of the entrepreneurial battle is with my expectations. What I think I should be further than I am yeah. right now. I should be doing a better job. I should be further along than I am, right? Or, or whatever. Uh, I find that the, that looking at other people's stories helped me manage my own expectations. So I bring this up because yeah. I sat down with Jonathan Fields and uh, we filmed a founder story, which is now inside of Fizzle. So if yeah. you're in Fizzle, you can go check it out. If you're not in Fizzle, you can sign up and uh, check it out for free during your free trial. You can watch Jonathan Fields' founder story. You can watch founder stories with 25 other people mm. that are really interesting. We did one a few months ago with Jess Lively. Yeah. We've got them in there with Nathan Barry, Brett uh, Leo Kelly. Malta, yeah. Yeah. All, all kinds of great people. Pat Flynn. Oh, there's a lot of, a lot of big names too. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you might learn something about these people and their story that unlocks something for you. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, in the interview with Jonathan Fields, we also, the timing was such that his book was coming out mm. uh, before we did it. And so he sent me an advanced copy of his new book. And his new book is called How to Live a Good Life, which is a pretty bold title, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, fairly straightforward, though. I mean, yeah. to live the good life. You sure. Know? Yeah. But like, who are you to yeah. tell me how yeah. to live a good life? Yeah. Or, you know, how totally. do you know the secret? Uh-huh. So during the interview, we spent some time talking about that. And actually on our blog this week, we posted... Uh, that segment of the interview, just where we were talking about the book and specifically Jonathan's framework for how to live a good life. Mm. So, you know, I think we've all, uh, we've talked on the show enough and I know that you and Steph and I have all spent a lot of time in that headspace, just trying to figure out like what makes me feel happy and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I think we've all batted around different frameworks for how to do that. 
And I don't know that there's one secret framework. I think what matters is finding one that works for you yeah. at the time that you're in, the, the place in your life that you're in. And sometimes the frameworks work for a while and then sometimes they kind of, they get worn out for some reason, yeah. maybe because you change or because you just become sort of numb to it. And I know I've gone through this myself a lot of times. I've made lists of the things that matter to me and I've created check-in processes for myself to figure out, you know, am I spending enough time in this area of my life and this area and, and just trying to like round everything out so that I feel really good and not too hung up about one thing in particular in my yeah. life. So Jonathan, uh, you know, be, through the Good Life Project and through a lot of interviews with psychologists and a lot of friends that he's made in the field of positive psychology, has put together his own version, his own framework. And uh, he shared that with a lot of people through a work setting. And uh, he decided to write a book about it because people have talked to him so positively about this. Yeah. So his framework is really simple. And what I wanted to do today was maybe just share a little bit about his framework in the book. But then the rest of us, let's talk, you and I and Steph, about what are the key factors for us in figuring yeah. out how to live a good life and, and what leads to that like long enduring sort of sense of fulfillment and satisfaction with where we are in life. Just that little thing. Yeah, just that little thing. <laughs> just that little thing. Whatever that is. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Steph, any objections to this? This sounds awesome. This, I'm ready. This sounds so awesome. This is totally, we do, we all do, us, all three of us. Uh, and a lot of people, I think, who listen to this show geek out about this. I mean, arguably, this is why a lot of us get into entrepreneurship and head towards the direction right. of, is because I want to design a life that isn't a prison. And I want to feel free. I want to feel. Um, I want to feel happy. I want to. I want to be master and commander. I want to. I want to be able to make decisions and roll with the punches. And to go into entrepreneurship, you have to believe that that is a key part of the puzzle for you in yeah. living a fulfilling, happy sort of life. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, tell us about the framework. Tell us about okay. the 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 uh, yeah, how the, to live a good life. How to live a good life framework. So, the thing that I was really struck by when you know he uh, sent me this book, I figured that the whole thing was going to be this like intimate picture of what it takes to live a good life. Yeah. And instead, what I found was that Jonathan only spends about the first 30 pages or so explaining to you what the framework is and how it works. Mm. And the rest of the book is actually a series of like daily exercises that you can go through to, um, to fulfill the framework, to complete the framework. Oh, cool. And the interesting thing to me, talking about more about parallels between entrepreneurship and living a good life yeah. or living a fulfilling life, is that entrepreneurship is is really similar in that way that it's an easy thing to explain to people, mm. but it takes years to master or years to achieve. Yeah. And I think that's really true. And when Jonathan laid this out, it, it made a lot of sense to me because I think a lot of the great things in life, the, the things that are worth pursuing mm. are really simple to understand or yeah. simple to explain. We always say entrepreneurship is is a matter of figuring out a group of people out there who have some sort of need or yeah. problem or desire, and then building something for them that solves that problem in a way that they're willing to pay for. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's that's it. That's yeah. entrepreneurship in a, in a nutshell. So Jonathan's version of how to live a good life comes down to this. He defines uh, what he calls three good life buckets. And the concept is that you need to work to fill these buckets up and that the buckets have some rules. The buckets are leaky. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily stay filled. You have to constantly work to fill these buckets. And those buckets are based on the three things that when you read about, uh, you know, 
creating a good life and and building a, a satisfied life. These things come up over and over and over again. And those are, for him, he calls them contribution, mm-hmm. connection, and vitality. Okay. And to state that in a different way, another way, would be, for me, I would say work, relationships, and health mm-hmm. in, in the same order. So contribution... What he means by that is, what am I contributing to the world? What am I doing that's meaningful for the world? And that doesn't have to mean work for everyone, but for a lot of people it does. And for us that have chosen to be entrepreneurs, I think that contribution bucket usually means work. Yeah, Connection is you know, being connected to other humans. And uh, he uses these broader terms because in some cases they, they incorporate more than just one thing. So for him, contribution just doesn't necessarily just mean relationships. It might also mean some sense of spirituality. Yeah. So connection um, in in that way. And then the third one is vitality. And he says vitality instead of health because for him, vitality is um, mental, physical, sexual, all all of the different forms of health that you can think of all in one bucket. And he calls those vitality. So the framework, like I said, it's it's pretty easy to describe. And the idea is just that you do a self-assessment every day or every week or whatever to say, how am I doing with my contribution bucket? How am I feeling about that? Is my work making me feel alive? Do I feel like I have a sense of purpose every day? The second bucket being uh, connection, you know, how do I feel about my relationships and my connection to others? And then vitality, you know, how's my mental and, and physical health? And you you take an assessment of those, and then there's no, like, rigid plan for how yeah. to fill these up. It's just a matter of going, oh, I don't feel so good about my vitality bucket today. Yeah. So what can I do to, to top that off a little bit? Totally. And that's where the rest of the book, he spends time telling you different ways that you can fill up your your different buckets. I love this. I love this framework. I love how simple it is. In some ways it's like really it's like wait, is this too simple? But I bet in the book there's probably um you know, the more that he talks about each one, the more it's kind of like, oh yeah, now I now I understand what you mean by contribution mm-hmm. or by this that you kind of get more you sink your the teeth into it. Philosophical stuff comes yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah. Or the more detail oriented sort of like, oh how how what does this look like in my life? Oh my gosh, it totally looks like that, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Um but I love it. I think I think uh I mean have you been thinking about about this? I I love this question that we're gonna answer here in a little bit about uh, about what what do we think? I mean, given our you know years of experience, you know we're all very much in process, um, but but we've ex- we've learned a lot about about pursuing the good life, and yeah. that's why that's why we're that that's a really big thing for each one of us here. We're very high performing people. Steph Corbett and Chase, all three of us, like successful in every job that we ever had and then got to do what we wanted to like in terms of like let's do our own thing in some capacity um whether that meant for steph like inside of groupon like running the show on some area uh, this place or or some area over there or kind of having some that autonomy or whatever but um but you know a lot of i think a lot of people listening to the show feel like i can do what i need to do like what what do i need to do though Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what I love so much about this question. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm confident personally myself. I am confident I can do whatever needs to be done. Um, but I've also like changed so many times that I'm like, what really needs to be done? 
Because if I'm like, oh, this needs to be done. Well, yeah, pursue that for six months. I won't want that anymore. Yeah. Like I'll know, I'll know more now. Right. You know, so in some ways the simplicity of this is more true because it's like you come down and you realize I don't know what I want in terms of contribution. I just know that I want contribution. Yep. You know, I love like frameworks like that that make yeah. things so simple. Yeah. You know, and, and to add to this really quickly before we start answering our own version of this, Tony Robbins, he and, and he did like the one of the first TED Talks of all time. And it was on this thing that he noticed was the six human needs, these six essential things for the human needs. And I've been on a little bit of a, it's a little bit dangerous. I've been on, I might need to tap the brakes on the Tony Robbins stuff a little bit. Cause I've been, I've been listening to some Tony Robbins episodes. Um, of his podcast, mm. there's one, there was a one that's called like, uh, you know, masculine and feminine. Uh, and it's just another one of these. If you haven't seen the amazing, uh, and challenging, Netflix documentary. Uh, yeah. I gotta remember that. Barrett, I just t- I told him the other day, I was like, dude, what are you doing? You haven't seen that? He's like, no, I haven't seen it. He just texted me the other day. He's like, I stayed up till four in the in the morning. <laughs> oh my God. Just <laughs> just journaling. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, it, and I, similarly, like very like, whoa, what the heck? And it's such a challenging, Steph, did you watch that? No, I just wrote it down because I remember oh. you mentioned it before. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I want you and John to watch. I want to hear what you guys think. I want to hear John's, I want to hear John's thoughts on it too. And I it's, it's Corbett, Jessalyn yeah. has to watch it also. It's oh. just really challenging. It, it, it's really cool. It's really horrible. It's really like triggering. And you're like, no, screw you. And you're like, oh, that was insanity. Like that was powerful. You know, and there's these, the thing, the reason why you watch it, there's a, there's a bunch of other stuff, but really there's these, what he calls, uh, what's that called when you have an intervention? Basically interventions. Mm, yeah. Where it's like, why don't you, man, why don't you stand up? Like she starts answering, here, stand up in the aisle. And then it's like focuses on these like seven moments with these seven different people. And you're like, oh my God, they're, they're powerful. Anyways, this podcast episode that they released, like, uh, and like promotion of it is like another one of these, this husband and wife, just power, powerful stuff. Anyways, I listened to the next podcast and it was about uh, these six areas of human need. And, and what he's, so this is his framework on it. And it's like, I get all around the world. That's what I say. That's a bad version of Tony Robbins. Pretty bad. Um, but, uh, but one, certainty slash comfort. Okay. Two, uncertainty slash variety. Mm. These are needs. Like we need yeah. both of Isn't these. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, three, significance. Right? I matter in some way. Four, love and connection. Five, growth. And six, contribution. Mm-hmm. Okay, so contribution is same on both of those. Yeah. I think growth, he pulls out as a separate thing, which yep. probably fits into some sort of like contribution or vitality maybe. Yeah. Um, love and connection is fitting into Jonathan's connection bucket, right? Significance is kind of a mix of all three of those. It, so it's, I like looking at both of these because you can kind of simplify into the just the three and then pull out to the six and go like, oh, wait, is significance actually different than contribution right. in a meaningful enough way to get its own yeah. bucket? Yep. Um, and uh, and then it's uncertainty versus certainty or variety versus comfort. And you need a little bit of both. I think I think uh, I like looking at these frameworks a lot for this, totally. you know, and then I like overlaying it with the Enneagram where it just tells me what I daydream and fantasize about and what uh, honestly I'm not telling people. You know, like when it, like I don't barely even know myself about myself. Um, so with that, I mean, anything else you want to say before we answer our own versions of this question? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, the uh, if I guess if if you guys haven't done this sort of work before, I think Jonathan's new book is a good entry yeah. into this. Yeah, because it's so simple. Or if you have gotten frustrated with a framework that you were thinking. 
uh, about for a long time that is too complicated and yeah. too hard to follow. And this is an, another good way to kind of reset, I think. Yeah, totally. And um, and as you're thinking about this, I think if anyone who is working to become an entrepreneur needs to be doing this work as well, because just just that motivation that you have to become an entrepreneur is saying that there's something going on really deep inside your psyche. There's some sort of unfulfilled need. Mm -hmm. And I think we would all do well and we would all be healthier entrepreneurs if we were doing this kind of work at the same time. Yep, I believe it. Okay, with that, Steph, I i mean, Corbett and I have been talking for so much over here. I just feel like I really want to start hearing from the voice of wisdom and sort of confidence in this group, all right? Mm -hmm. Because we're well, going to say a bunch, of, a bunch of BS over here, but you've probably got some answers <laughs> to this thing. Well, I don't guess that remains to be seen, but I will say one thing I just want to add at my reaction to everything that, that you guys have mentioned so far. I think it's even significant that in this episode or even this conversation, how to live a good life and what living a good life means to us. It's worth pointing out that we are treating living a good life as something that is, there's somewhat of an element of choice in this. Mm. And I think that in itself is significant, right? Because yeah. it's very, I, I certainly myself, gosh, have fallen into the trap of feeling like, well, this part of my life isn't going to be good because this is just the hand I was dealt or this is just, you know, mm. ha this is happening to me. Mm. So even I think for those listening, to, maybe you're at a point right now where you need to take a pause and realize, you know what, I'm kind of on autopilot and I am in control, maybe even more than is comfortable to acknowledge, I think is powerful, scary. It's like all the things at once. But that to me is critical of this whole conversation is, is recognizing that you know living a good life is something that you are in control of, at least to some probably really significant degree. It's true. It's true. And and I think um, if we thought about the framework we just talked about or about any of the things that the rest of us are going to say, a lot of it, you know, doesn't necessarily require money or anything specific. Yeah. It's really a choice. And it's a lot about moving forward with a certain lens. Yeah. You know? Before we move on really quick, Steph, was there like a moment in your life where you kind of look at and go like, oh, before I was just going with the flow or feeling like, or just whatever. And then I started really taking control over my life or I, I, something changed and I wanted to, I wanted to shift things. Was there like a moment or was this just something you've kind of always had this pursuit of the good life? I, I don't, you know what? I, I think it's something that I always pursued, but maybe changed the way that I pursued it, if that makes mm. sense. So maybe, maybe I'll get into my first one as a way to explain it. So yeah. I can't decide which one I want to go with first. I, thinking about the buckets that Corbett just laid out, I think one of my points falls into connection. And I'm going to save that one. And this, this first one that I have goes certainly into contribution, but probably into vitality as well. And I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I just want to talk about it again because it's been so critical and pivotal in my own life is realizing that there is no there. And that is something that I realized once. And well, the first time I started thinking about it, I can't even remember where I heard it the first time, realizing that maybe the concept of there being something else out there that I have to continue striving for, I couldn't even get my mind all the way around it mm. because I feel like I was so conditioned to, you know, get good grades, get into the best college, get the best job constantly sort of seeking this like outward I've talked about before about my need for my need for praise or need for approval on the show I've been very open about that because it's something I recognize about myself but realizing that there really is no there has made me stop and and I actually have to continue evaluating myself on this all of the time and I'll give you I'll give you a few examples I catch myself in my life like wanting to rearrange. Maybe I want to like, sometimes, and this might sound crazy, but sometimes I'll be thinking about my house where I live and I think about like 
rearranging every room in the house, like turning the guest room into the nursery and moving our room and like crazy stuff Mm. for no real reason, Mm -hmm. except that it's like something to busy my brain with. And I have to kind of check myself. Another example of that would be, I start like thinking about different cities we could live in besides Chicago for no real reason other than taking on a new challenge just for the sake of it. Yeah. And that's like a, a, a sign to me. It's like a healthy sort of like little red flag. That's like, wait, hold on a second. There's like some mental, maybe this is vitality. There's some sort of like mental work that I need to be doing with myself because there's something going on in my day-to-day life that I'm not addressing. Mm. When I think that striving feeling makes me realize like there's something about today that I'm uncomfortable with and I need to sit with that and figure out what that is. So for someone like me who tends to kind of like strive just because it's what I've always done, I've had to do a lot of hard work to stop wishing for tomorrow and to really enjoy this day and ask myself, what if this is all there is? Like, That really blew my mind the first time I thought about it. Like, what if this is literally it? (laughs) And and then the next thought that follows that is like, well, if this is all there is, how do I get really happy and really comfortable and feeling awesome about this day? It doesn't mean I don't have goals. and, And I struggled with that for a while too. Like, does this mean I don't have ambition? It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means, yes, I have goals. I have ambition. I have places I want to go with myself, but I'm also overwhelmed with gratitude and happiness about where I am on this day today when I woke up. So that was a lot just to say that I I learned and I'm still learning and walking with this all the time that there is no there. Mm. And that has been really, really big for me. Wow. That's a, that's like a really big point. This is, and that's reminding me very much of, uh, of some, I, I remember, remember a long time ago, there was like a video that was like Leo Babauta versus Tim Ferriss, uh, on goals mm, and setting yeah. goals or not. And Leo's very much a, like, don't set goals, just do what, comes to you yep. kind of a guy. And I love that uh, extremity as much. And I also love this idea. I feel like whenever I listen to Tony Robbins or one of the, some of these people, like, and even the, the Jonathan Fields book, contribution, connection, vitality, looking at things like this. Hey, as long as you've got these buckets, uh, these, these boxes ticked away for you, then you're heading in the right direction. You can feel pretty good about what you're doing in your life. You know what I mean? I like, I li- I'm like, I'm the opposite of that person. You know, I know people like that are just like, hey, listen, I'm checking off the boxes in my life. Things are going right. And that's all they need. And then they're like, cool. That's their moment of like kind of self-awareness, reflective and kind of like Steph, to your point of, of realizing there's no there. Like I can be having a good time right now. Mine's the opposite. Mine's much closer to Steph uh, where where it's like, no, I have to burn everything down and go like, I have to be satisfied with this right now. And then I can do it. And then I could do it. And then the ma- there's magic that can happen coming from that. I can be extremely like like dynamic and have all sorts of ideas and we can work ourselves out of any situation. But uh, that opposite happens when I'm being heavy on myself in terms of expectations. Yeah. Or like there is no there. It's like the opposite of there is no there is what? Like we're nobody or nothing if we don't get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And so that that mindset could be so toxic for Mm. me. It kind of is the toxic mindset, I think, Steph. So I resonate with that a lot, a ton. Uh, Corbett, you want to go? Give me your number one, bro. All right. Um, I feel like I'm going to I'm going to go with I'm going to flip mine around just because this is a little bit of a continuation on the on what you guys were just talking about. So um what I have written down here is that there is no destination. So this is, this is a lot like um, what Steph was saying. There is no destination. There is no single point of perfection where you are now living a good life. I don't Mm -hmm. know that there is such a thing. I think it's always going to be a journey and realizing that 
is as much a key to living a good life as the pursuit of it was in the first place, realizing that the pursuit, the journey is the destination in a lot of ways. Um, and that there will always be setbacks, even when, you know, you, you might feel like there are no, like, there is no like moment of perfection where you reach it. And for the rest of your life, you're going to be living a good life. There will be these moments where everything's going really good Mm. and you feel great. And you're like, yes, this is, I feel like this is what life should be, but there will always be setbacks after that. There's no like perfect, like moment of stasis where everything's going to remain perfect. And, um, it's just going to be this constant journey. And so, you know, part of it, when you, you were talking about expectations before, part of this is in setting the expectations that I'm always going to have to work at this. Even if I feel yeah. like for a while I reach some sort of moment of, of bliss or perfection with this, I'm always going to have to work at this because it's just the way the, the human mind works, I think. Yeah. There are just a lot of instances where uh, some little gremlin in your mind is going to tear everything down, even though circumstantially nothing has changed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're just going to have some moment where you're down in the dumps for some reason. You're not satisfied anymore. Like yesterday, it was like, this is amazing. Tomorrow, like today, you're kind of like, I'm bored. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, that um, when Steph was talking and and you were were talking about um, Tony Robbins and how experiences and growth are really important human needs. Yeah. I think about the difference between a movie versus a song. Yeah. A movie is a really important thing in the in the human psyche or a story in general. Yeah, yeah. Because of how attractive it is to um experience that process of growth that a central character goes through. Yeah. And how they struggle and they overcome. That's just part of the fabric of who we are. And yet at the same time as humans we can also sit and listen to a song which I guess in some ways has resolution and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of it is just that that feeling that you're getting in the moment yeah. of listening to that thing. And they're brief, right? Yeah. They're yeah. so brief. And so both of those things are important. And I guess, you know, it just, it, it always reiterates for me that there is no destination. There is no pivotal moment of perfection that once you reach, you're always going to be there. Yeah. It's, you always are going to need this back and forth, I guess, between the two. I love that idea of this, and in some ways, as I'm seeing the the separate the difference between um, uh, the uh, like the map or the plan, mm-hmm. and then the moment. Yeah, you know, what I mean? it's like the map and the moment where you are. Right, it's like the map is obviously there's an X over there, and we're over here, and the dot 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 till we get there. Right, um, but the moment is always, and the 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 story that this makes me think of is we were in Mexico um, with uh, a big a bunch of our friend group. And we went on some hike. We like just went on a hike. And I was I was like, I was hungry. I just wanted to be sitting, like drinking a cocktail. Like I was in Mexico. Why are we going on a hike? Mm. But some of the people in our group like were like, let's do a hike. And I'm like, all right. They're like, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. We're going up into some desert like mountain. It's like, what are we like what are we doing? Um, I remember feeling like that. And then a little bit of ways up, up on the hike, I realized, dude, I got my Bluetooth speaker. And I had a playlist on Spotify downloaded with like Beck and a handful of other just like Americana, folky type stuff. As soon as I clicked play, I was like just in the moment. I was just like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where we go or if we get there or not. Like I can actually be satisfied with right now because for some reason that music put me in a different mindset than the like, well, how long is it going to take till we get there? 
mindset. Do you know, do you yeah. know what I mean? And there's so there's some for enjoying some, it for what it is instead of like uh, yeah. totally. And then you get to see it all, and it's to the same exact point that Steph was making. It's it's uh, in the same exact point, by the way, that like if you really, I mean that that like wisdom has made throughout the centuries about this. I mean, especially in the Tao tradition and the Buddhist tradition, especially the Zen Buddhism tradition in Japan and China. It's like, it, that's why haiku looks the way it looks in Japan. That's why it's like drop of water on the lake. <laughs> and it's just like nature. Because when you realize you look around and, and nature is just like not hung up on this stuff, Jesus just saying, look at the sparrow. Sparrow doesn't worry about shit. Do you know what I mean? That's a paraphrase. It's a modern <laughs> translation. <laughs> you know, when Jesus was saying, hey, what's up with these fucking birds? <laughs> Look at these guys. Oh, they're not worrying about <laughs> Get your hands in you. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> That's my Jesus, guys. Uh, I'll go next. My, my first one. Okay. So I love those two points. My first one is uh, I just call, I'll just call self-awareness. Okay. Now we all have seen Maslow's hierarchy of needs and we know that self-actualization is the one at the top, right? But I don't think self-actualization, I don't think you can get there with just yourself. I think you need a, uh, well, my second point will be about that. The first step, I think, and maybe one of the most essential things, one if there was two essential things, I think, about the good life, I think first one for me would be self-awareness. That is to know yourself, to know what you're like, to know where your hangups are, to stop trying. I mean, I think what we do, we're so social as critters, we... We just, I just look at, I look at Tony Robbins. I look at Corbett Barr. I look at my wife. I look at my mom and dad. I look at my dad, right? And I go, this is what it means to be a good human, or this is what I should be trying to be, or this is, you know what I mean? I look at the history. I look at what we're capable of. And then I, I'm trying to find my own path in there. Cause deep down, all I want is, is acceptance and love. And you know what I mean? And like, that's what I, I want to just be accepted in some way or something like that, right? But I feel like I have to achieve something in order to get that, mm. right? Right? I have to do something, and I think we all. This is just this is just modern culture. This is uh, uh, like aside from personality types, where I think there are very big differences. I just think, by and large, it's it's like ubiquitous that we want to we want to achieve stuff because then then you will be somebody. You know, like everybody else will know that you're somebody. The external validation, right, is all there. Do you wonder if the, this whole need that we have for uh, achievement mm. is born out of the fact that we don't have to work for our food anymore? Yeah, I, I kind of do. I kind of am tracking. Do we have to go look for something else? I think you might be right. Into? I think you might be right. Like there's something about just like, oh, manual labor. That just like, it's like the gold standard. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the gold standard. It's like, no, dollars a dollar a dollar. You know what I mean? No, a, a, a cashew is a cashew is a cashew, pal. Uh, but this idea of self-awareness is to know who you are, to know what know who you are, and then go and do that, right? That I think is the is the the ultimate modern art. Is just like to to not be what the world's telling you to be, what your dad, like what the mold of your dad makes you feel like you should be, or your mom, your overbearing mom, or your absent dad, or your vice versa, or your uh, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. The to not just be a creature of your circumstances, but to discover like there because there are some innate stuff like in all of us, just some things. It's like wow, I didn't even know I could do that, right? That that like 
would surprise us once we get some perspective on it enough to go like, that's totally my thing. And then you see like, oh, wow, that's, you struggle with that? I definitely don't. That's a different thing that I have. I have this thing over here. Right. This is why I love the Enneagram so much because it's just another personality type, Myers-Briggs, DISC. Uh, there's a lot of these things out there, but this this is the only one I haven't gotten bored of yet. Mm-hmm. I, have, I haven't found the ends of yet. My friend yeah. Kenny was talking about it. It's like, it just, it just doesn't have a bottom. It just keeps going forever and ever. like like I st- and I've had this book for ten years. I still haven't finished it, my chapter of it, because it's just it, every time it's like a little heavy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit heavy to read. It's it's kind of heavy. Yeah, and I like I like that. Um, you know, I I I just have to play the part of being like the the curmudgeon who doubts everything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's you just do. my role. In it's life. important. It's important. But I I like the I I. I don't like the horoscopy aspect of the Enneagram yeah, or any yeah. of those, but mm-hmm. I do like the fact that um, it makes you realize that there are legitimate differences between people and the yeah. way that we're made up and that whatever makes you happy or whatever makes you feel like you're getting closer to living a good life doesn't necessarily work for me Yeah, because we all have mm-hmm. different things that we need in life. Yeah, which is almost like this like magnetic, it's almost like a... In in the same in the same way that on the, on planet Earth there are, there are two there's a uh, like a whatever a positive and negative magnetic charge mm-hmm. and, like the poles the of poles, this thing yeah. right there's just the two right and it's one it's just arguably it's just the one right because it's going in the same direction all the time right your compass will always yeah. kind of listen to that thing um, and it make I think the world makes it feel like we've all got the same exact tuning to the same exact magnetic poles what I'm real what what the enneagram has helped me see is like oh yeah no I don't have that's not my magnetism at all. Mm-hmm. Mine's over here. Yeah. Like you trigger me over here and you're going to get the you're going to get something that I can't control. Yeah. Right? But you trigger me over there and it's like, "Oh, I can work my way around that." I'm sort of cerebral about it. So anyways, this verse one for me, self-awareness just to know yourself. This is I mean, I, I again to that point of it's so so simple. Um and and yet it's I've been on this path for 25 years like pretty actively like trying to figure out who I am who and, and how to how to be okay with yeah. myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, it's funny that, that this comes up now on episode 100 and... 185. 85, I because think, yeah. if you go back and play episode one, I think. Yeah, podcast, Finding Your Voice. Within like the first like minute or so, we start talking about self-realization, which yeah. to me is somewhere between actualization and yeah. awareness. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's so true. <laughs> That's good. 185 episodes later, we're still getting into it. I'll tell you what, better add an alligator for that one. <laughs> okay, Steph, what's your number two? Okay, my number two is going to take us, I think, in a slightly different direction. This one fits, I think, into the connection type bucket, which is surround yourself with people who lift you up. This one has been really big for me. And Chase, because you asked earlier about a moment, I'll share one, which might be kind of amusing. Um, But the flip side of surrounding yourself with people who lift you up is also intentionally closing relationships that don't work for you anymore. This one is, I think, really, really challenging for a lot of us, but it is so critically important when you can when you can realize that you don't have to continue your relationships and friendships with people that mm. don't bring you energy. Mm. Like that can be such it's a game changer. It not only changes the way that you feel about the world, but it also changes the way that you feel about yourself, I think. Yeah. So the moment where I realized this one, I don't even know if I've shared this with you two. So this is this might be a fun fact for you. Oh boy. So when I was in 
college, I actually transferred schools, universities um, to for my high school boyfriend at the time. Ooh. And I actually ended up going to a much better college because of this. So this has a happy ending. But <laughs> I, but uh, this person was the person I thought I was going to be with forever is my first love, blah, blah, blah. He encouraged me. I got there on the first day and he dumped me and I did not know anybody. I moved from Georgia to Indiana and I knew nobody except this person. And Whoa. I was like, my, my world was like totally turned upside down. And I spent the next eight months, like full on eight months of my life trying to like twist myself into the perfect shape that would make him want to keep dating me. Mm -hmm. And I continued to try to like negotiate with this or like, cause you know, I'm kind of like used to like getting kind of ties back to my first point that realizing there is no there. I was used to like getting what I want. Like, Oh, there's gotta be a way I can figure this out. Like I can be whatever I need to be in order to make this relationship work. And I don't know how someday I just realized like, you know what? I'm so much better than this. And I deserve to be with somebody who makes me, who accepts me for who I am mm. and actually makes me feel really good about myself. Yeah. Um, but that has been, I feel like that has just like changed how I look at all my, all my friendships, all my relationships. And if you have, whether it's a romantic relationship, platonic business, it doesn't matter if you're, if you have a connection with someone and you're realizing that they're not making, they're making you feel less than, or even just feeling like a drag, like the energy is just always like sucking your energy away. You're better off probably for both parties to just intentionally close out that relationship. It doesn't have to be malicious or doesn't have to go up in flames, but you can just kind of move away or choose not to continue putting your energy into relationships with people that do not lift you up and make you feel like the best version of yourself, make you feel like you're going deeper into the person that you already are. Mm. So for me, that one has been huge because I, I, I'm a pretty loyal person. So realizing that it doesn't have to end in hard feelings. If I decide to take my life in a different direction than someone I've been friends with for a long time, that's wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to me that your focus on, on this sort of connection one ends up uh, landing on the side of like the control you can have over this. You know, you can stop being friends with that person. You mm -hmm. can, you can start being friends with these people. Mm -hmm. You know, I like that. I think for maybe another, another person, that might be like liberating to go like you can stay friends with these people if you want <laughs> instead of like moving on all the time or something like that. But I like that a lot. I think that makes so much sense, Steph. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. I think it, I mean, I just think it, that control piece is interesting. And for me, I didn't always, I always thought that if I wasn't going to continue associating myself with someone that that would mean that it had to get really ugly at the end. But I yeah. think we've even mentioned this on this podcast before the whole, you are, you know, a combination of the five people you spend your most, most of your time with. You really yeah. want to think critically about who those five people are. And if you're spending time with someone who's not adding value, then it's okay to just take a step back and, and choose to invest your time somewhere else. Mm. Wow. Dynamite. There you go. Corbett, what's your what's your number two? Just to just to add on to Steph's point. Yeah. Um, this isn't my point, but uh you know, the I think there there are two ways that you can view that saying. There mm. are, you know, that you are the the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, one way would be if you assumed that all life is striving to become something mm -hmm. bigger, yeah. then you would seek out five people who are um can be instructive to you in some way, like almost like mentors or something. Yeah. If you assume instead that life is all about the moment and that Steph yeah. said earlier, there is no there there, then those five people wouldn't be people who are better at something than you are. Yeah. They would be people who help you become, help you be the person that you want to be. Exactly. Yeah. Not necessarily become, but be in the moment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yep. Totally. Totally. I love that. 
Um, all right. My second point is really all about balance. And this is something that I've noticed in all the different frameworks that uh, I've looked into, that I've uh, intuited, uh, that that I've read about, that we've talked about. And that is that it's really hard, if not impossible, to live something that feels like a truly fulfilling life if you ignore some of the key human needs or key areas in life and instead just focus all on one. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's it's somewhat in vogue when you talk about balance uh, in the blogosphere. A lot of people are like, oh, screw balance. I don't need balance. I love my work so much. That's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need love or relationships. I got, I'm a writer. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's all, and that's all I need. And, um, I just and may, maybe that can work for some people, but yeah. all the frameworks that that you look into have this concept of there are there is more than one thing in life that's important. And first of all, you have to have your health. Yeah. If you don't have your health, you know, mental or physical, then none of the other stuff is even possible. So that has to be in there. You can't over you can't um, neglect your health for very long and still live a fulfilling life. Connection is one of those things. Human relationships is one of those things that is always in there because in isolation, all of us become unhappy eventually. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, work or contribution or whatever you want to say um, is also important. And, and so however simplistic it might seem that uh, Jonathan Fields framework is, I think there's some fundamental truth there that all sort of attempts at living a good life have to fit within. Yeah. And that is that there are just multiple things in life. And for a time, you might go all in on one thing, trying to improve that area. But eventually you're going to get pulled back to something else because you'll find that, yeah, my work is going really well, but I have no relationships. And what's the point of working so hard if I can't share it with someone yeah. that I really care about? Yeah, I like that. That Of course, like that's a perfect way of saying it because what's the point of working so hard if it just begets more work, yeah. you know? And I think productivity like, is a great modern conundrum because the more productive you are, the more productive you have to be. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Until you say, oh, that's enough. Yeah. That's enough. This far and no further. That's fine. And so who says this far and no further because it, it can't be the same person that's focused completely on productivity, you know, and yet you have to focus completely on productivity to like be productive enough. Right. But that's, it's when you add that word enough to like any of these, that's when, Oh, we're, we're opening the door for some, some sort of wisdom, yeah. some sort of like, like bigger than just us in this single moment, or maybe only us in the single moment. It, 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 like we can, we can only have wisdom when we're in that moment, but it's like productive enough healthy enough, balanced enough, right. you know, connected enough. Right. That's, I think, the point at which, because, and it just seems like a silly, like a game. You know, I, I'm not a game person. I'm not like a board game person. I never grew up playing these things. My wife, on the other hand, she's like master at Settlers of Catan and chess and checkers, whatever, all the games, every game. She loves them. What I've realized is there's all these genre of games. There's a genre of game called resource you know, games, resource management games, which is, all right, you've got to manage your water yeah. and your crops and invading territories or whatever, yeah. right? A handful of things like Risk or Settlers of Catan or something like that. And they're just perfect metaphors for life. They're just perfect metaphors for life that like, 
okay, you have to manage this part of you and this. And because if you, and you might be stronger in the water than in the, than in the crops. But if you let your crops fall too far, then you're going to die. Like, because yeah. you have to have a crop chip in order to do these things. And that's the only way you end up progressing, you know, in the right. game. And it's so like regular life. Yeah. It's funny when um, I've gotten into some games like that, even like on the iPhone or whatever, yeah. a lot of times the framework is so close to both entrepreneurship and, and life that you can't not have epiphanies about something yeah. that you should be doing in your own life. What I, are the things that are like similar to you? Like, do you remember like what, what, when you're like, it's so similar to entrepreneurship, like what? Well, any of these games where there are multiple things that you have to manage, yeah. um, just thinking about, so I, you know, I was thinking about in, in terms of balance and what I was talking about with my last point, a lot of people are looking when, when they uh, get into entrepreneurship and they're, you know, they come to us or they come to somebody else looking for answers. They're looking for some sort of secret. Yeah. Like what's the one thing that I have to focus on to make entrepreneurship work? Yeah. And our answer is always, there is no one thing. Yeah. There, there are all yeah. these things that you have to manage. It's this like moving puzzle. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and, and the smart games, the games like Settlers of Catan or whatever, realize that there's something that's really fulfilling about having to manage all of those pieces at the same time because of that feeling that you get that this is this is what life yeah, is. Totally. And so you get in this little microcosm. But the cool thing is when you're in a game like that, there are no additional variables. It's yeah. not like some other resource just pops up that you're yeah. like, oh, shit. I never knew about this. Totally. Whereas in life, you're always worried that there's some other thing that you were never aware of. The mom has cancer card gets played and you're like, oh no, right, you know? Right, yeah. right. Or just, you know, oh, I didn't realize that I can't sit all day long. Now I have to stand and there's this whole other like variable thrown yeah. into your life. <laughs> yeah, And totally. this happens to us all the time now because of totally. research and things. So the yeah. games are really fun because there's like a, a known... Uh, set of parameters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. you can feel like you can really master it. Yeah, you can master it. What I, maybe is there is there a is there a a similarity to that and the buckets that Jonathan Fields defines, and then the ones that yeah. that um, Tony Robbins defines, or whichever ones you go with, the just the sense that like oh, this is like this, you know, mom has cancer cards or now you, you have to like stand as well as sit at the office, which takes some of your energy. Yeah. Takes a little more of your energy than you were used to. Um, but it adds more to your life down the road, right? Like sitting versus, standing versus sitting is a great example of this, yeah. right? Because we, I don't know for anybody who's tried standing at your desk all day long, it actually ends up sapping a ton of your energy. You actually have less energy than, than just sitting down because it's just another you're just that much more active in some in some little way, but what's the payoff of that? And and you might realize that you might do the equation and realize that that adds up down the road. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think the the attraction of a, a simple framework is it uh, it it allows you to feel like okay, this is all I have to focus on are these yeah. three things. Yeah, and and, I, and, and you I can, can allow myself to spend time on fitness because it's important. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um versus just trying to wing it and feel like, oh, I need to, you know, do this and now I need to do this, but not having any context of why do I have to focus on fitness? Oh, because it's one of the key yeah. three or six pillars of living a good I life. I think in some ways it's like stuff we would, we'll get by the end of our lives naturally. We'll understand like, oh, I should have taken better care of my body, you <laughs> yeah, know, or right. whatever. Like I realize now yeah. that- uh, I should have been nicer to people around <laughs> me. <laughs> exactly. Work's only one of these things. Yeah. Oh, who'd have thunk? And so we're renting this wisdom from them. Yeah. Going like, all right, I believe in you enough. Like, can, make, can you help me believe in this enough yeah. so that I can balance this? Because I don't want to have huge regrets when I get there. Okay, really quick, I'll go through my last one, which I call connected community. All right, so this word connection we've used a lot. Um, 
there's connection, but I think you can be connected uh, with like, um, you can have real deep intimate connection with people who, who don't necessarily, like Steph said, like sort of build you up or, or um, I don't know, uh, you can be connected to some, connection can be safety, right? And so you can be connected with someone towards a, a thing like, like this is like the, the friend who gets you into drugs. Or, whatever, or something like that, right? You can be connected with someone. What's so, what's so amazing about those relationships is that there's not judgment, mm-hmm. right? But also comes all this other stuff. But connected, not just to one person or just a couple people, but connected community. Now there's community by itself, which is like, oh, I go here and I shop there and I see this person and this is how we check out at the, and I bring my own bag to the grocery store. That's what our community looks like. Well, I drive like this in this area. We run, walk into each other when we're having walks around the neighborhood. There's community, right? But connected community is this other thing where it's both intimate, non-judgment at, at times and stretching, at other times, it's a little bit like sort of like really you you invited Bob. Yeah, did, did Bob need to go? like? It's like a little bit of both of those. I think is essential for maybe to Tony Robbins' point about growth. I just think it's like if you had it, like if you get it, if you know, I mean, I don't know if you guys realize this that if you get it your way all the time, and you end up getting bored and dissatisfied. Like if you just design sure. the thing, yeah, it's like oh, I want to travel and I want to do this thing, and then you're like, oh, I'm traveling, I'm doing the. I'm doing, all, I'm doing all the things. Like now what? Yeah. Now what? Totally. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like if you get it your way all the time. So there's that's where like people are always screwing things up. Like the greatest example of this is Jar Jar Binks in the dang movies, right? And we're watching the Clone Wars with my son, the animated series, and, and it, I'm flabbergasted by how good it is. Like I, 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 I would say any grown human would watch these shows and go like, this is amazing. It's so good. So much better nice. than the than the than the three prequels that they made. But Jar Jar Binks is always ruining everything, right? That's what like people are going to do in your life. Like Jar Jar represents all of humanity, right? Because it's just like someone's going to move into your life and just hit your car. Yeah. And you're like, I did not have time for this on this day. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> like, so I love that idea of that connected community. There's something in those words that together, the self-actualization plus or self-awareness plus connected community. And then these things kind of, it's a cycle uh, or a fractal. It kind of, it grows as it repeats itself like again and again and again and it's just getting larger and larger mm-hmm. and you're getting better and, and better by better i mean more yourself and i think yourself it like alan watts always says <laughs> there I, is no self as so i as i always say about? you know I, <laughs> hold on let me try to find i can channel my alan watts oh darling yeah i have to i have to pretend that there's like a pretty girly audience i'm sort of making eyes at sure. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what i mean and i've been sort of smoking in my japanese robes you know yeah um come out to outside with me i'll, I'll tell you a little bit about you know look look here you've got the b right but then you have the flower. But there's no flower without the bee. So they're one organism. You see, darling? And he blows the smoke. <sighs> What's your name? <laughs> what? Such a dirt bag. I love that guy so much. Um, but he, uh, he says that the flowers and the bees, they're one organism because they don't exist without each other. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Yeah. So why would we call them two different things? Why can't we see that they're part of this one organism? In the yeah. same way that that we that a, a tree sprouts leaves, the earth sprouts people. You know, the earth peoples, and we're a part of this organism. You know, and we we modern world we build the walls and we're like now we're different. We have technology, and let's get off world and let's do all this other stuff. But man, we'd be so much more at peace maybe if we realize we're a part of this thing. Um, and 
And that's, I think, more of what I mean when I say community is this sense that like we can actualize a lot. We can protect ourselves a lot from other people. But what we're always going to be hungry for is this some other thing, some beautiful tapestry thing that like none of us could count on because we had dads you know what i mean or we had uh or we just had a model of family or life or something that just it no that's not safe that's not safe and i think when we're getting into entrepreneurship and we're doing this stuff what we are reaching for is ourselves and and some sense of of what i almost call the divine like just like bliss just like wow this is better than i thought it would be yeah you know and a lot of that i think is literally miraculous on an everyday basis if you just wake up and look at it you know, if you just like uh, another sort of thing to ask is like, what in this moment is lacking? Like right now, listener, listener, let's do a little moment right now. What are you doing? Are you, are you riding uh, in your, on your bike? Are you running? Are you driving in your car? Are you in a community stuck in traffic? What are you, what are you doing? Please, please tweet us at Fizzle and tell us what you're doing at this moment that you hear this, if it's safe to do it. Um, or in hindsight, go back and, 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 and once you get to a safe place, you can tweet us at Fizzle. Tell us what you're doing right now as you're re- like everyone, every one of you do it and tweet to us and tell us what you're doing. And then ask yourself, what in this moment is lacking? Like what is really lacking from your life right now in this moment? And you look and you've got breath and you're just kind of like, actually, this is pretty great. You know, and then watch something's going to happen. And then you can do that same thing. Wait, actually, this is pretty great. And then you're with somebody and then you're with, and then you're alone. And then you're with a group of people. And, it, and every time you can be like, actually, this is pretty great. <laughs> you know, and it seems like maybe that's the secret to life. I don't know. But that's our show on... <laughs> getting to the, the Steph the, just giggled over that. the deepest things of life you know just the thing we're all in this for uh, how to live a good life I love it great show love talking with you guys anything else to add that was that was a big one that was a big one I feel like we just uh, we just put something out in the world that was fun though I've been Chase Warman Reeves I've been Corbett Barr I've been Steph Crowder and we'll see, see you there or we'll, we'll see you another, another time, time. I've been Corbett Barr. So there you have it. All right. (laughs) Show notes in the conversation for this episode. uh, Conversation being like where you get to to add your comments and ask us questions or we'll try to answer them. Fizzleshow.co slash 185. I want to know. What has been the practice or idea that has helped you the most towards fulfillment, happiness, towards the good life, right? Let us know in the comments at fizzleshow.co slash 185. And there I have also placed a handful of links that we mentioned. Jonathan Fields, the Tony Robbins six, uh, six needs thing. In fact, I embedded the TED Talk, the Tony Robbins TED Talk, which I just watched. I just watched right now. Before I recorded this video, I just watched. It's so good. <laughs> I'm so conflicted about this guy. That dang documentary on Netflix, and then now it's Ted. He's so good. I mean, I've hated him my whole life, I thought. I don't even not know him. I don't know. I was just being negative Nancy, I guess. But, dude, the TED Talk is good. Go watch it at fizzleshow.co slash 185. Here's a iTunes review from M. Stubbs in the U.S. of A. who says, Chase, Corbett, and Steph are great. When I listen to the show, I feel like I'm hanging out with good friends. They've got just the right amount of knowledge, experience, and irreverence. I followed many online entrepreneurs, 
and they are definitely more successful and experienced people out there. But the Fizzle crew has their priorities straight. It isn't all about money and numbers. It's about building a life you can be proud of. Oof. Oof. Ooh. And stuff, you going to come in here that hot and feel good. I'd like to hear it. Thank you for saying it. Really, really pleased to read it. Out of possible 11 alligators, I gave it 47 alligators. Our goal here, listener, is to help you make progress on your business every single week. If you leave us an iTunes review, it can help other entrepreneurs find this show. So could you leave us an iTunes review, please? I'd love to hear your voice. Maybe read it out on the air. Simply search for the show in the iTunes store and click write a review. Listen, here's a quote in closing from that Tony Robbins talk, uh, the TED talk. He says, when it comes to fulfillment, that is an art, not a science. Achievement, he was talking about, is more like a science. You know, when you know what you have to do, you can do it and you just up the ante. But when it comes to fulfillment, that is an art, not a science, because it's about appreciation and contribution, appreciation and contribution. Those are his words. Tony Robbins, watch the thing. It's kind of weird, complicated feelings. Find care, take care, surf hard, and dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.